as you guys find your seats, um, we just wanted to go over a few um, a few announcements for the church. So, Justin, if you could just um, present the next slide for me, please. Um, the the biggest announcement today um, would be the annual business meeting. That's um, not this upcoming Sunday, but the Sunday after that. Um, it's for anybody and everybody. If you're if you're new to the church and want to know more about what's going on, or if you're like me and sometimes, you know, find it difficult to um, keep track of everything that um, God has going on, um, this is a great time to um, to sit, to eat, and to hear what God is doing in our church. And uh, and then yeah. So if you have any other questions, or if you want to know what else is going on, you can see the the bulletin. Um, has all the good information in there. And then um, one last note, if you want to give, you can always go to lifequest.cc and be able to um, follow them. Alyssa was um, just showing me how there's a lot of verifications, but it's pretty easy, um, and it's really good. So give it to Pastor Rob. Thanks, man. Good morning. bread stuck in the back of my mouth, excuse me, before I don't choke on it, uh, yeah, that would be bad. I don't know about you, but I have just been loving this series of, of just what, is it, what does it mean, and, and we're still, we're not done, because uh, we've only just started to unpack this idea of the fruits of the Spirit that God has for us. And so over the last couple of weeks, we started the series the first Sunday in January talking about rotten fruit, right? And what, what we, we all recognize rotten fruit and what's true fruit. And then we, we talked the second week about whose fruit is it, that it's not us, it's not our fruit, it's not anything that we can produce on our own. It's only by the power of the Holy Spirit when we are abiding, when we are connected to Him, that His power flows through us, and then these fruits become things that bear in our lives. And then last week we talked about how do we do that? How do we follow Him? How do we hear Him speak? And uh, so this morning we're going to kind of wrap up this section before we actually jump into the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit by talking about that there's this one part at the end of Galatians uh, 5.25 that says that if you have these things in your life, there is no law against these things. There's no limit to what God can do in your life. There's no limit to what He can do for us. And and. Before I jump into to my message, I want to just kind of unpack these fruits of the Spirit for us. Because uh, we were just at camp uh, this past weekend for the Father-Son overnight. And uh, we were singing the Fruits of the Spirit song, right? And, and we, it's that fun song where we say the fruits of the Spirit aren't a cantaloupe. The fruits of the Spirit aren't a cantaloupe. The fruits of the Spirit are the cantaloupe. No, that's not what the Bible says, but God says the fruits of the Spirit are. I'm screwing up the song. 
Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We're singing at you Sunday. Awesome. That's next week. Awesome. But as, as we were singing that song on Friday night or, or Saturday afternoon, what the Lord hit me with is that, again, we think that those are things that we have to generate, that I need to work on being a more loving person or that I need to work on being more patient or being more joyful. And, and you know, I, if you're with me, that uh, you've ever made the mistake of asking the Lord, Lord, give me more patience, um, and then all hell breaks loose in your life because he's like, okay, I can answer that prayer. And, and teach you how to experience patience. As, I was, as we were singing that song, it wasn't just love like, oh, you know, uh, flowers and hearts and Valentine's Day love. But he gave me some words for, for each one of the, the fruits of the Spirit. And this is what we're going to be exploring over the next nine weeks. And the first one is God's extravagant love. That it's His love not ours. And His love is extravagant. And then the second is joy, right? But it's not just joy. It's overflowing joy. That, that joy is not, and we talked about this, I think, that, that, that this idea of joy is not happiness. That God's really not concerned so much with our happiness. We want to be concerned with our own happiness. We hear people say uh, all the time, all I want is to be happy. And nowhere in the Bible does it say that God wants you to be happy. He wants you to experience joy that is overflowing. So we're going to talk about extravagant love. We're going to talk about overflowing joy. We're going to talk about all-encompassing peace. That His peace covers everything. We, we unpacked peace a little bit over the, our Advent series. But what peace really means because it's not just absence from conflict. Peace is not just we're not fighting uh, over whatever it is we're fighting about. There's a, there's a sense of completeness and wholeness that comes with his all-encompassing peace. The next one, patience. Right? We, we, no one wants to pray for patience. I get that. Right? I, there is a moment, I, I remember sitting at my desk at Spencerport Assembly of God, and I was um, looking up uh, some definitions for things. And this word came across the screen uh, about being tireless. And it's, it's, just, it's a great word. Has anybody, did anybody ever, ever watch the Horatio Hornblower um, TV show or read the Horatio Hornblower books? It's a story about this young lieutenant who serves in the 1800s in the British Navy, and his ship is, God bless you, uh, his ship is called the Indefatigable, and I was like, oh, that's, that's good, that's a good name, right, that's a good, strong, Indefatigable, and I was like, what does that mean, right, because we, these great, powerful words, what does Indefatigable mean? It, and if you slow down when you say it, it is, it is indefatigable. It means that you are tireless, that you, you can't be exhausted. And, and so uh, 
when I think about patience, Lord, give me indefatigable patience. That my patience can't wear out because it's not my patience, it's your patience. And you never, like, there are times where your patience has just run out, right? As a parent or as a spouse or uh, with an employee uh, or a coworker, that your patience has finally hit the limit. Aren't you glad that God's patience never wears out with us? That there's not a point where he's like, you know what, Dan? You goofed up one too many times. I'm done. <laughs> right? We, should, we all should. His patience with us is indefatigable. And that is available to us. It's a big word. We'll get it spelled later. Love, joy, peace, patience. What's next? Kindness, but not just kindness. Dis- I love this. Disruptive kindness. That the, it's the kind of kindness that stops people in their tracks because you're not supposed to be that kind. That you're not supposed to... We, we don't know how, what, how to even to respond when, when maybe someone is, is so rude to you and instead of responding in kind by being rude back, you respond with disruptive kindness and, and it stops them in their tracks because God is kind. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. And again, this one kind of, these two t- kind of tie together, but they're, they're slightly different. Overwhelming goodness. And it doesn't mean that we're just good people or, or that we're nice that, that we're not just uh, nice people, but that we are, we are doing our best to, to allow His goodness. Right? We sing the song that He's a good, good Father. We want to unpack what does that mean? What is, how is He good? And how does that apply to us? How can we have overwhelming goodness? Enduring faithfulness is the next one. Enduring faithfulness. Surprising gentleness. I think sometimes we, we expect uh, that for people who are Christians, that, that gentleness means weakness. And it's not. There is, there is a surprising strength that, that comes when we are when we're operating in His gentleness. And then the last one is empowered self-control. So we give them to you one more time. And we're going to be talking about these for the next nine weeks. So if you're not getting them all, don't worry about it. Um, or go back and watch it again on Facebook Live and, and you can get them. Extravagant love. Overflowing joy. All-encompassing peace. My favorite word. Indefatigable patience. Disruptive kindness. Overwhelming goodness. Enduring faithfulness, surprising gentleness, and empowered self-control. That's where we're heading. But today, I just want to kind of tie this section up in talking about how when the Holy Spirit's fruits are in operation in our lives, when we are abiding, when we are, when we are connected, when we are receiving from Him everything, that the power of the Holy Spirit in us produces this kind of fruit in our lives 
And Galatians chapter 5, verse 23 says, there is no law against these things. There's no limit to what we can do when these things are in operation in us. And the beautiful thing about it is that we never, we never arrive. You're never going to get all of God's love all at one time. He reveals it throughout our lives and He just gives you more. And He just gives you more. And He just gives you more. If I, I was just reading in my, in my Bible reading this morning about when God revealed Himself to Moses because Moses was able, he was one of the ones uh, in the Old Testament that was famous because he actually spoke to God face to face, right? And, and Moses is begging God and saying, God, we can't go into the promised land unless you come with us, unless you reveal yourself to us, to me. I need to see you. And God says to him, look, I, that's a great, that's an awesome prayer. That's a great request. But if you were to see all of me, you literally would just explode. Right? And so he reveals himself to Moses by saying, look, I'm about to come by. And, and what I'm going to do is you're up on this mountain. I'm going to shove you in this crack on the mountain. I'm going to put my hand, whether or not God literally has a hand or not. But for Moses to understand it, he says, I'm going to cover you and, and I'm going to pass by and then once I'm past you, you can see where I have been. And I can reveal that much of myself to you without you exploding. Isn't that amazing? And so when we think about this God working in our lives, empowering us by the Holy Spirit, that, that it's, there's no limit to it. You're never going to get to a place. You know, when, when I charge the battery on my phone... There, I, I'm constantly watching my, my progress of how much um, battery do I have, right? 75%, 80%, 90%, and then I get to 100%, and that's it. That's all my phone can charge. But when we're talking about these gifts, these fruits of the Spirit in our lives, you can never get all of it. He can fill you up. To 100% and you think, man, I can't, I can't experience any more. And then he says, yeah, but, but watch this. And it kicks over to 105% and 110% because he is limitless. He has no limits. And, and that's what I want us to kind of explore for us, that Jesus places no limit on these gifts, on these fruits in our lives. I don't know, does anyone remember, it was a couple years ago, I don't think it happened again this past Black Friday, but there was an incident at Walmart where they were, it was Black Friday and there was a limited number of Blu-ray players or whatever it is, right? Pickle Me Elmo, whatever, whatever the thing was, right? And, and it was, I think it was before they extended Black Friday into Thanksgiving and, and so you had to wait until a certain time on Friday morning at the crack of dawn. And the doors opened at Walmart, and this mob of people just rushed into Walmart and trampled the employees in their mad dash to the pile of whatever, you know, there were maybe nine Blu-ray players that were available that day. And, and 
300 people were trying to get the nine Blu-ray players. We, we, we kind of experienced this this past uh, Black Friday. There was We didn't trample anyone. Um, well, there was this really cool like betting set at, at um, what do you call it, runnings, runnings in Brockport. It had bears on it. It had red and black checks. And for the first time in my wife, my life, my wife was like, "Honey, look at this. What are you about?" And I was like, "Whatever I need to do, if if that's what we're, that's the look we're going for." And the and I'm like, "Yes." And so I set my alarm to get up early because the store opened at at five or six a.m. I think. And and so I set the alarm. I was going to make coffee. I'm like, "We're going to do this because I don't ever do Black Friday. That is not my thing." But she wanted to get these. She said it was these. And 5 o'clock, alarm goes off. I'm like, honey, come on. And she goes, "Uh, let's just go at 9. And I was like, what? 9? Okay. So five rolled into six, and six rolled into seven, and then 8.30. I'm like, do you want to go? Well, do we have to go now? I'm like, we are going right now. And we get to runnings, and we make a beeline to housewares, and there's all kinds of things, and not a single, not even a twin set of the bedding. Limited resources, right? They probably had one set then it was advertised and and uh, whoever whoever that fortunate guy was who actually got up at five and 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 got there got my bedroom set um uh, but i think sometimes we look at that 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 mindset that there's limited resources it's kind of how legalism works in in that um you know, the, the, the Jews in the Old Testament, they were constantly trying to keep the law. They were constantly trying to, 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 to live by God's standard, and they were forever failing. They were forever falling short, trying and trying and trying and trying again. And, and the whole point of the law was to demonstrate that it's impossible for us to attain God's standard on our own. That righteousness is not anything that we can accomplish through our own efforts. It can only be obtained through the power of God. And so when we admit that we are inadequate, that I don't have enough love in my heart, I don't have patience, I am not kind, I am not gentle, um, and, and I totally submit to God, as my source for those things, that's when we're able to find a path to overcome the law. Trying in our, our, our own strength, trying in our own ability, you'll never do it. You'll never have enough. And so in the New Testament, Jesus arrives as our Savior and He pays the penalty for our sins and He provides us through faith Uh, a pathway to salvation. And so when we put our trust in Christ, when we invite Him into our lives and say, Lord, I need You, He then fills us 
with the power and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that gives us the power to overcome sin and, and, and the love that we need that, that He lavishes on us. This is one of my wife's favorite words. Lavish. That He, he overwhelms us with His love and it abolishes the law. There's no limits. And so Paul's writing in the book of Galatians to a church that is really struggling. The, the, the followers of Christ in Galatia were having a real hard time, and it was specifically over this issue of obeying the law. And so they have these Jewish Christians, and they have these Greek and uh, Roman and all other different nationalities who are, are Gentiles. They're not kosher. They're not... Uh, they, they're not circumcised. They're, they're not following any of the festivals. They're not doing any of those things. And the Jewish Christians are trying to limit these other Christians by saying, you have to do it the way we do it. And if you don't, then you are outside of God's will. It's kind of like, um, remember we were uh, doing ministry in, in Ohio and they were teaching a class. And, and I know that the intention of the class uh, was not bad. But it was a class on parenting. And it was called Growing Kids God's Way. Now, that sounds pretty innocent. Except for the fact that if you taught your kids or if you had a parenting style that was any different than what was being taught in that class, you were less than. Because we are learning how to grow kids God's way. And if you decide that you're not going to do what we're teaching in the class, you are now not teaching your kids God's way. See how that can be pretty dangerous? And then what, again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that curriculum or anything. Um, but we can put our own personality and our own spin and our own expectations. And so what was happening is the church in Galatia was divided. And so from the outside, when you looked at these followers of Jesus, there was bickering and fighting and, and all of this, well, you're not doing it the way we're doing it. And so because of that, you're not as spiritual as us. You're not as holy as us. You're not as saved as us. And so he's writing to these people, and, and they were saying that, that believers in Jesus still needed to keep the old Jewish law. And he's pointing, making the point that the law is fulfilled by our faith in Christ. And when we do that, that should, in theory, be manifested in our love for one another. And these Galatian Christians were not loving each other. And, and so, again, it's a, a reminder to us that even as we talk about these fruits of the Spirit, it's not just so that I get to be more loving or that I get to be more kind so that I can slap uh, a badge on my vest that I have earned the badge of kindness and now I'm kind. It's that we have these gifts, these fruits of the Spirit evident in our lives so that we can love and be patient with and be kind with and gentle with and experience joy with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ so that when the outside world looks at us, they say, holy cow, that's what it looks like to follow Christ. 
and be different when we access the power of God through the Holy Spirit we have no limitations no limits Does anyone t- I know Tom Elias is was a runner not a runner now he sprained his ankle so pray for Tom that his ankle is is healed um, any runners like you like to run Toby loves to run yeah yeah right so there's a point where you can only run so fast no matter how hard you train right you, i mean we can we can push the limits of how fast or how far or how long we can run but at some point the human body can only do so much and and then that's it that's as fast as you can run um we were at a swim meet at my at my old high school at Gates Chilai, and um, they have the the board of all the school records, and it's it's interesting to me that there are records that are posted on the swim board from 1987, 1984, 1983. Um, these are all kids I went to school with, and their records still stand on the board at school. That's pretty impressive. And so it says a couple of things. It either says they were amazing swimmers, or it says that swimming's really not that important at Gates Chilai, uh, because they're not trying to break the record. And I'm not being disparaging about Gates. Go Spartans. Um, but there's only so you're only going to get so fast. You're only going to get so strong. You're only going to get so smart. That, that we our brain only has an, as much capacity as it has. And uh, I, I love this. There's one episode of The Simpsons where uh, Homer is learning something. I don't know what it is. But he, he learns that he gets to that limit point where he has learned all his brain can learn. And then he learns that one new thing and it was like, I think it was like a color of crayon that he, that he remembered. And it was like that crayon popped out of his ear because his brain can only hold this. And now he no longer remembers that color of crayon. Anybody relate to that? There's only so many things that I can know. And I feel like there's so much. Some of you guys that are students that are learning things and like learning all the bones in the body for joy. Um, so you haven't hit your limit yet, right? We were when Toby broke his nose a couple of weeks ago. We were at the. He broke his nose a couple of weeks ago. Right? Is that not true? Happened. We were we were at urgent care. Uh, kid in this kid in the pool was goofing around, and Toby came up, and this kid came up, and this kid came back down, and forehead meets nose, noses break, and and so when you have a nursing student for a sister who goes with you to the urgent care, and they take the x-ray, and the x-ray technician says, oh, yeah, it's right there. It's on the suture line uh, that the break is. And so we, you know, we, what we're going to have to do. And he said, no break. It's just the suture line. And, and my nursing student, he says, that's not where the suture line is. I know where the suture The suture lines are up here, and down here there's no suture line. So those, and he, yeah, anyways, right? So obviously the guy at urgent care had learned one too many things and it pushed where suture lines are out of his brain. Um, poor guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Spencer Port. Um, 
very nice, um, but he's not up on his cranial anatomy. So, so if you have a broken nose, go somewhere else. Um, there's always a limit. And here's the point, though. When we're talking about the fruits of the Spirit, when we're talking about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, there is no limit to your spiritual capacity. There's a limit to your physical capacity. There's a limit to your emotional capacity. There's a limit to your mental capacity. But as followers of Christ, as Holy Spirit indwelt followers of Jesus, there is no limit to our spiritual capacity. We have been connected to the limitless power of God. So we're going to talk about some ways to maintain that connection, to be limitless. Galatians 5, verse 25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. We talked about that a little bit last week. Just like the runner who buys the best running shoes and hires the best trainer, or the student who takes the most careful notes in class, we need to nurture our spiritual connection to God with the right tools, with the right resources. The fruit of the Spirit is extravagant love. The fruit of the Spirit is overwhelming joy, indefatigable peace. No. All in company peace. Thank you. I, I have those in a different part of my notes. Forgive me. So I, some of them literally I wrote this morning as I was like, this is, what I, this is what I think we were supposed to say. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. If you're a believer in Christ, we've seen that list thousands of times. And I hope that we've made an effort to to apply those things to our lives. But again, they're not ours. They're His. And we have to embrace that, that the fuel that keeps the power of God alive in us, the fruit of the Spirit that, that will guide us towards serving God and service to others comes when we are connected and abide. When we do that, then we can do things like this. Paul says this in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. So what Paul is saying is that, that when, we, when we, in loving service, bless others, when we help shoulder the load, that that's fulfilling the law. When we, when we love others, that's how people can tell that person knows who Jesus is. Because they're acting the way Jesus acted. He says this in, Jesus said this in the book of John. In John chapter 13, verse 34. He says, A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. That love that we have for God needs to spill over into loving our brothers and sisters in Christ and uh, our family and our co-workers and the world. You can't have enough love. You, In our own power, we will run to the limit of how much I can love someone else. What I need is to tap into His Holy Spirit power where He can take 
my 100% and make it 105 or 110 because he supercharges us. Romans chapter 13, verse 8. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. Limitless. Limitless. What He has for us. If you're a follower of Christ, this morning, here today, you've made the right choice. You have been filled with the Holy Spirit and you now possess the limitless power of God. And I want to encourage you to put that power to use. To say, Lord, I need to continually stay connected in you so that it's your love, not my love. That it's your joy, not my joy. That it's your peace, that it's your patience, that it's your kindness, your goodness, your faithfulness, your gentleness. In my own self-control, I will overeat, overspend, oversleep, overwork. But I need His empowering self-control so that I can be who He's called me to be. Amen? This is an awesome responsibility. Think about it. Think about if we, if we lived this way all the time, connected to the Holy Spirit and constantly saying, Lord, I need these nine things to be evident in my life at work, with my family in the car, and with my coworkers, with my, with my neighbors, that, that you are empowering me past my limits in joy and peace and patience and kindness. What, what could happen? What could you see happen in your family or at work with that coworker that drives you crazy? Carrie and I were watching, um, there's a, a movie on Disney Plus uh, called Free Solo. And it's a story about this rock climber who is the first person to climb El Capitan in Yosemite. Uh, completely free climbed it. No ropes, no nothing. Insane. Absolutely insane. He has all of these friends that are rock climbers that um, in the course of the filming of, of this, one of his friends fell and died. Because right? there's, no, there's no mistakes. It has to be perfect execution. And so you have to start in the dark because it's going to take you, you know, most of the day to climb the however many thousand feet up there. And, and so he was practicing and practicing and practicing with ropes. And there were sections he just couldn't get. Like he would leap for this one part where then he's grabbing onto this ledge and he kept falling. And, and the goal is to do this thing without ropes. It's, I mean, the cinematography... As, as, uh, of the other guys who are also strapped to the side of the mountain with cameras watching him, it's unbelievable. They actually took him and did an MRI of his brain um, to uh, try to figure out how is it that this guy can do this? 
because he actually has, I don't know whether you want to call it brain damage or not, um, but that part of his brain doesn't register fear. There's no, he has no capacity for fear. Um, there was a, another study about um, uh, this neuroscientist who had treated this woman and she had the inability to feel fear. Uh, there's actually a disease called Erbach-Weiss disease that puts her in a group of about one in 400 people literally on the planet with this condition that they can't experience fear. Uh, I think this guy who climbs is probably one of those. And fear is a healthy thing, right? Limits can be healthy things, that there are things I should do and there are things that I shouldn't do. I know that when I've had too much of a certain thing, whether it's too much time playing video games or too much time uh, with whatever, pick, that um, those limits are good. Sometimes when we think about these things, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, we get that God is limitless. And He has everything, right? He has all the power. But we get scared that if, if He gives me too much love, too much patience, too much kindness, that I'm going to break that I can't, I won't be able to handle it. What would you do if you completely trusted God and didn't have any fear that His power will give you everything that you need to do what He's called you to do? To be the mom, to be the, the student, to be the employee, to be the the. the Sunday school teacher, to be the whatever, that His limitless power is available to you and, and you, won't, you won't pop like Moses was afraid of. That because His Spirit is in us, we have access to His limitless power. That's exciting to me. That's something to pray for. To say, God, tomorrow... Tomorrow morning, Monday, I'm going to wake up and I may feel exhausted, but I have your limitless power to tap into so that I can deal with that coworker who drives me crazy. Or I can deal with my kids who, again, aren't going to pack their lunches before five minutes before the bus arrives and I'm screaming, grab your lunch, grab your lunch, grab your lunch, grab your lunch, put your shoes on, put your shoes on, put your shoes on. I know it doesn't happen at your house. Um, it doesn't happen at my house either. Never. Limitless power. Let's pray. Ah, Father, I thank you that it's not in our own strength that we have to come up with these things, that we have to come up with patience and peace and love. Lord, it is by Your limitless power that You empower us to love our brothers and sisters first. That this isn't just so that we can have nine badges on our vests. It's so that we can show the world what it really looks like to be a follower of You. I pray that You would help us.
to connect, to tap into your limitless power and to not be afraid because we can trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Blessings. Have a fantastic week. And uh, we will see you next week. Next week we're going to start with extravagant love and there's going to be some surprises. So hope you can make it next Sunday. Blessings. Thank you.